and that's why I kept it. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's take a look at the calendar coming up. Um, on Friday of this week, at 9 o'clock, then it'll be time to start taking down Christmas decorations. So we're going to meet in here at 9 on Friday, everybody who can, and we'll have a party as we take down the decorations. Or you can come Saturday morning at 9 as well. So there's two opportunities to help put everything away. On uh, Monday, um, I did want to ask, I see Mary Lou is not here. Um, Margaret is in Chicago. What? Oh, in Chicago. Um, does anyone know? Is Brother Ben knows this Monday? Right. Yes. Oh, it's the second Monday. Second Monday, which is tomorrow. No. It's oh, oh, wow. a new year. Big A. Tomorrow's the first Monday. Big A will be the second Monday. So, as I was saying, on Monday, the 8th of January, 6.15, is Brother Benham's. On Tuesday, 9 o'clock, we go back to Bible. Tuesday, the 9th of January, at 10 o'clock, we go back to Bible study. Maybe I should just sit down now. On Sunday, the 14th, is the next Together in Worship in the evening on that day. On Monday... Let me skip to Saturday the 20th of January, 9 o'clock to noon. That's when our one board is going to come together with a training session and really get things kicked off and started with our new way of administering all the activities we do. And that's open to everybody. So, and knowing the pastor, I'm sure there will be treats along the way. Yes, he's saying yes. So, Saturday morning, the 20th, at 9 till noon is the one board meeting and training session, and everybody's welcome. And that's all I have for this morning. I'm not going to try anymore. It was absolutely good. That was fantastic, Crystal. I am. I have decided today to set an example for everyone. And I have coffee with me as I go through these announcements, which means that you can have coffee throughout the service. Everything's set up. It looks like that the chocolate coffee was so popular that we need to make more. So Paul is making another batch of the chocolate coffee. I want you to know that there is a cheese platter that's set up by I don't remember who brought in the cheese platter. The Allers. The Allers. And the cookies that are over there are Lillian Wentworth cookies. And I need to explain to you who Lillian Wentworth is. Many of you will know that I had a friend who came to visit the church that was uh, an, a lady of advanced years. And I always had to wear a necklace for her to hear my sermons because it was a direct microphone to her, her hearing aid. Oh, unfortunately, I performed her funeral on, on Friday. And these cookies are from her special recipe. So there's Lillian Whitworth cookies for us to celebrate a very, very, very dear friend in my life. So please have some of those. And have some of the chocolate coffee when there's more. And I have a coffee mug with me. That means you can have a coffee mug with you. So as you pray for our family in this place of grieving, I have other places of prayer for you. Please pray for Julianne Bradford, who is in the hospital at this moment with respiratory issues. Please pray for Graham Howard, who is at home today with respiratory issues. Please pray for Cheyenne Kenny, who is at home today with respiratory issues. Please pray for Jay Chambers, who is at home today with respiratory issues. And please be prepared for us to sit six feet across and wear masks again so that we don't all get respiratory issues. Let's, as Barney Fife would say, let's nip it in the bud. And if you don't feel well, please be at home, as all of our dear friends have displayed. Because the new respiratory issue is a really big thing, and Dr. Allard can even probably tell me what it's called. Do you know the name? Crystal, do you remember her name?
RSP is a, is this what I'm looking for. RSP. Yes. And if you have RSP, drop the B and stay at home. You're not RSVP. And let's don't share. Share as the sign once said in the restroom at the church that I worked at. Please wash your hands. Let's share Christ and not drinks. So let's pray for all these things. We're going to pray for the unrest that is all around the world, not just in the Middle East, but everywhere. The unrest. Are there other prayer requests that are going to be? Absolutely. Please share with Sandra. Mary's got a funny joke she'll share with you after church, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or if not, I just embarrassed her enough to make my day a lot brighter. Yes, ma'am. What's known in the United Methodist Church as Associate Pastor Sunday. And if I have one, it'll be that year too. This is this is the lowest attended church service in a year in any denomination. The, the last service of the year. And I'm blessed to see all the people that are here today too. Now I've got one more prayer request that I want to share. And I did not prepare Brendan to do this. Can you play Happy Birthday? Well, I can sing an acapella. And today is David Crockett's birthday. So let's sing happy birthday to David. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear David. Happy birthday. Thank you. 
Let's sing together. You are going to find out why I'm a pastor and not be Christians. Our two up front songs are songs that I really like to hear on the guitar, so I'm going to play today. As we start out with uh, your worship. It is Epiphany Sunday, so we are here to worship and be a part of the revelations and the blessings that are held by seeing the Christ child and proclaiming his blessings to all. Please sing with me.
really starting to open our minds and hearts and prepare for the time of worship. Glorious God, guide us as we pray. Grant us the courage to follow Christ in eternal star, where it leads us. Bless us with the wisdom of kings of old, that we may lead the safety of familiar paths to find the infant Jesus. Give us the purity of heart that we may forsake the glitter of things that we do not, cannot endure, and embrace the brightness of your glory. Please join us in Lord's Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now hear these words of assurance. Arise, shine, Christ's light has come. The glory of the Lord has arisen upon us, and as Christ's mercy has restored us with forgiveness and grace. Arise, shine, Christ's light is shining upon us now. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, from east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem was him. When he was called together the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, Where was this Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is where the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are no means least among the rulers of Judea, for out of it will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod asked the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search for the child. As soon as they find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went their way, and the star they had seen, when it rose, went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And had been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another way. The word of the Lord. scripture I can cut out. I looked twice. You're going to become offended that every time that you read, I give you 27 verses. But as we move into this, what I found out last week is Epiphany Sunday, as Crystal and I both giggle at each other. I thought it was next week. I'm usually comfortable with a week in between that we get that extra week of having the Christmas decorations out, but the way that everything falls down, today is Epiphany Sunday. And we were looking at this journey that has taken place in these three leaders that are trying to discover the Christ. They're on a journey, and they carry with them elements of the identity of who Jesus Christ is. They carry with them elements not just of this baby that has come to transform the world, but the gifts that they bring with them tell the entire story 
of the acknowledgement of who Jesus Christ will become. I want to look at those elements with you today as we continue today, as we have through this entire time of Advent, look at a journey that is intertwined with a wholeness of reality. I shared way back in our first sermon as we lit the light candle with the hope candle with Mike and Mary Lou Castro that week. And I shared with you a narrative of a spark of hope that exists in the darkness. It was not yet a flame, but it was just yet a small spark. And how a small spark can cut through the darkness. And sometimes we cannot see that spark without the existence of the darkness around us. If you notice... Every sermon that we shared this Advent season shared about the necessity of understanding that as we look at our lives through the lenses of hope, love, joy, and peace, as we look for those things, we look for them in our journey of very trying Hope does not exist solely in happiness. Hope exists and shines as we journey through the valley of the shadow of death. And we look for that thing that exists outside of us that creates emptiness. Love thrives when we have that tender hand holding our own in moments of fear. Joy exists even within the at awkward jokes and the humor exists in that awkwardness but the awkwardness does not subside but the laughter can still thrive within and peace can thrive when we hear about mommies when we worry about small children but that we advocate for identities Peace and pride on that we journey on these journeys. Three kings, the wise men, journey with this reality. They journey with knowledge that they know that they have been asked to go out to celebrate a birth, but they also know that they are being watched. They're not just being watched by those who would one day celebrate their journey and make funny songs about them, about exploding cigars or what have you, or become the narrative of the song that we sang this morning. They have a very special journey that they are taking. And they're both taking this journey in acknowledgement of what has happened in Bethlehem as if they know that they are also being watched to stop what has happened in Bethlehem. And they carry this co-entwined journey of being the first to celebrate the narrative of the king that is born, the one who was born to die, and the one who has come to celebrate a whole different image. narrative, they are so aware that they are being watched that they go a different path to return home to help protect this message of the birth of the Christ. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh are the gifts that they bring them. And on this journey, they are journeying to a home that so many have waited for the king to arrive. They have been waiting for years upon years in a narrative and prayer, waiting for the one to come who would be the one that would create the ultimate freedom. For many, they were looking for a warrior, a soldier, would overcome the regime. 
regimes of the government. They were looking for that. They were looking for the one that would represent the peace and worship. And they were looking for the one that would conquer the great unknown. They have been on this journey just as long, if not longer, as these three kings, the three wise men. One carrying the gift of the king, one carrying the gift of wholeness and worship, and one carrying the gift that would acknowledge the path that Jesus Christ would have to make. One of the gifts represents the kingdoms. One carries this gift of wealth and acknowledgement. And as they place this gift at the Christ child's feet, it is an acknowledgement that the king that they have been waiting for has come. They've gone on a long journey that mirrors the imagery that I've tried to share with you this year through Advent. That we carry these journeys of peace, hope, love, and joy, but it is intertwined with the worries and the struggles that we deal with the only acknowledgement that they have of political rule is these images of oppression, these images of stealing, taking more than their fair share of taxes, taking more than their fair share of power, being individuals that led more to disempower than to build up. I don't, we don't see that anymore, do we? <laughs> <laughs> but we see an image of this gift being set down at the feet of the Christ child. And this gift is an image saying the true king is here. Another gift that sits in this is a gift of, of worship. One of the fragrances that is set at the feet of Jesus Christ is the scent of fragrance that was used so much in the time of worship in their life. There was something to set a different sort of tone in the room. As I am currently thoroughly enjoying the smell of that chocolate coffee right now, <laughs> this scent would have stirred up those same feelings for those in worship. And one of the incense set at the feet of Christ that day was acknowledged that one was coming to reshape the way that we worship. Reshape, reshape the ways that we sit in the presence of our great creator. To reshape the imagery that the great creator is not just this distant thing that we strive on a journey to be closer with, but on this day has come to join us and live with us and experience life with us. We celebrate the incense of worship at Christ's feet. We celebrate something that I out to you over and over again. That's why that Jesus Christ is so vitally important to me. If I don't worship a God that's distance, that tells me what to do, I worship a God that wanted to be so close to us that he put on the flesh and was born in Bethlehem to go on the journey with us, to cry the death of a dear friend, to stress so deeply that he sweated blood, to make a decision for the world in a way that none other did. The one who sat and talked to the one who was accused of wrongdoing. The one that turned over the tables when he saw injustice in bounds. And the one that tears down boundaries of anyone that has ever been separated from the table of grace to tear down those boundaries, whatever that they be, cultural that may be there. To tear down those boundaries in such a way that even when the disciples said to the lady, go away from our table, the Christ asked her back. The one that has come to tear down the boundaries. We celebrate that reality, that living person. And then we get to the frankincense. That so many of us misphrase in Sunday school as children as Frankenstein, and we all giggle about it afterwards, even as grown-ups. But this element that has been an element.
recognize that we laugh about it at times is the most special of all. But when we realize that this is an embalming moment, it's something that was quite put on for people before that they were put in a tomb. It was the acknowledgement that death would come. It was the acknowledgement that there would one day be a passing. It was the acknowledgement that this king that has been come to be worshipped in a different way came to die for us. These gifts create a complete narrative of what Jesus Christ would do. And they came and set these at the feet of a small child. Not the warrior that many look for, not the new religious leader that had a throne and say, let it be Not the one who would come to live forever, as they said, at the feet of the king. They said it at the feet of the one who would set a new image of worship. They said it this difference that he came in the living life of his life. Celebrated in these gifts is an image of one who brought a complete change. I want you to all know that I know that we all journey as the wise men, the three things. We come into this room on New Year's Eve Some of us twice last week on Christmas Eve morning and Christmas Eve evening to celebrate both. We come here every day. We come here to serve. On the second Monday of every month that Brother Benham's, the fourth Tuesday of every month at Operation Hope, some of us give tax breaks. Some of us defend very special projects that mean something. represent the king who came to be the king. We represent and worship the one who created a worship experience that would be different than ever thought of before. And at times we sacrifice even the death of our own visions so that we can create a resurrection for someone else. We carry these gifts we are on this journey as well. And we don't just celebrate this in the way that we carry the gifts to acknowledge the king. We celebrate the whole narrative of the three kings, the wise men. We don't just carry these gifts to hand them off. We also protect the message. And sometimes through the protection of the Message, we stumble over each other and we accidentally hurt other people. And sometimes because of the way that others protect the message, we have to be much louder in how we display it. <coughs> Whether that be at 6 o'clock in the morning in Oceanside, or at 5.30 at night in Disney, or at 6.30 in the live within the challenge of displaying it differently because we are all on a journey. For some of us, we exist within a journey and we have started this journey because of what we're trying to travel away from. We 
You have found the joy and the privilege of the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. For some of us, because that journey started, because we existed within a great unknown, and we wanted an answer. We don't know what's next. We don't know what happens when the journey that we see concludes. And we wanted an answer and an assurance, and we found it in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And you know me, I won't stop there. Verse 17 is just as important. For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We exist within the knowledge that the answer of the great unknown isn't where we end up, but it is here to be a part of a journey that does not condemn other people because of where they find love or peace, but it is to carry the depths of gold, frankincense, and earth to create comfort. When the people have felt condemned, we bring the hope, love, joy, and peace. We celebrate the reality of this as we also deal with the mystery of the great unknown and worrying of what we might lose in this journey. And I think of the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10 that he shares that if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. It is with our mouth we confess the righteousness, and with our hearts we will believe salvation. And that is a very blessed assurance that we celebrate, but it does not end with our mouths and it does not conclude with our hearts. It becomes a challenge when that we look at the actions of John Wesley who went out to others to display and live the beam of grace as we look at the reality that we celebrate today with the three kings and three wise men. Ones that show that God Himself steps out of glory to live with us, to grow with us, to hurt, to cry, and celebrate with us. We see that the words of the Apostle Paul are not singular and they're not selfish. They're not the things that we do for ourselves to answer the question of the great unknown. They are the acknowledgement that we have a story that we are living and we have to share it. We share the comfort of this building. We share the comfort of our time. We celebrate a king in such a way that we become that king's hands and feet. We worship in such a way that we sing songs and look for the reflection of Jesus Christ. And we're not just running away from hell, we are running towards heaven. And we want to take as many people with us as possible. When we do that, we are not running away from hell, we are running towards heaven. We want to take as many people with us as possible. As we remember the actions that John Wesley described as justifying grace, and every time that we interact with what Jesus Christ did for us, intentionally for another person, we are moving closer to the table in larger
exist in every day. I think about the narrative, and I think about the people that we look forward to when we use of our heroes and our mentors that failed that days. I think about the disciples who sat at the table that day that Jesus Christ was there, and the Gentile woman came over for some food. And the disciples' response back to her was Christ sent her away. The disciples said that. This lady said, with all you need the scraps from the master's table, Christ gave her so much more. So much. Because Christ lived with the men who came, who came. The one that worshiped differently. The one that got to the point that it's not the conclusion that matters, it's the journey that matters. And that's the statement that I wanted to conclude our to display it throughout our Advent time. We have the celebrations with Mary in her place with the darkness. We have our joys with Mary in her place with our concerns. Instead of looking at the end of the journey, realizing that it is the journey that matters the most, we can see the wholeness of what Christ really I truly believe that we celebrate a God that can snap his fingers and make it all go away. I believe that. But God wanted to show us that it's a journey that matters so deeply. And he came to join on that journey with us through the name of Jesus Christ. So as we step in 2024, as we look at the new things that we look at the new challenges that will come our way. As we ask the question, maybe we shouldn't have done this, but we realize that it's the journey through it that matters. We can look at the gold, the myrrh, and the frankincense and say thank you for being with us. Today, as we move into our time of the celebration of Holy Communion, we will celebrate we're going to celebrate the one who came to be with us. The one that shares this complete narrative in this time of conversation. As they sit at the Passover meal, Christ shares with them as he raises the bread above them. Take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. And on that evening as you raise the cup above them, as you share the words, this is my covenant for you. From now on, always, as often as you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. We celebrate an individual who knew it was the journey that night. As we continue the journey to find peace, no matter the unexpected changes that might come on that journey, no matter how those unexpected changes might affect that journey, it is the journey that matters. It is the journey that will touch so many other souls. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he raised the bread. He passed the bread around him and said, Take me, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. And on that evening, he took up the cup, he raised the cup, he showed it with those around him and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my covenant for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As, as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. And now, today, in the celebration of these mighty acts of Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in unity with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith that Christ is God, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Precious God, please take these gifts of bread and cup and make them be as your body and blood for us. Precious God, surround all of us here with your presence and your power, Holy Spirit, that we can be as your hands and feet for those around us. Precious God, be with us on this journey. And remember that there is no day but today. As we share your love with so many, as we make your table. 
United Methodist Church would celebrate an open table. We want this table to become longer and longer and longer. Because today is your first day in the United Methodist Church, you're welcome to stand. If someone has ever told you that God does not love you, too bad, God loves you, you're welcome at this table. All are welcome. Please come forward and receive your guests in Jesus Christ.
to the world. Christ be with you all. And also with you. Please stay and have some cookies and refreshments. God is well. 